Welcome back to another episode of the Hatchet's weekly news podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm your host, Alec Rich. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, it's either the day before Election Day, Election Day itself, or some point after, which means how you view this episode will probably be dramatically different depending on timing. As countless others have said before, this is by all indications going to be one of the most consequential election days in modern American history. And of course, it will determine the occupant of the building just a few blocks away from campus. So as GW students, we're especially keyed into politics as one of the most politically active student bodies in the country. And you can check out last week's episode if you want further information about that in terms of the GW Votes Task Force, GW voting in general, and college student voting data overall. But this week, we look to gather perspective on this election from the leaders of two of GW's primary political organizations, Louis Kahn, president of GW College Democrats, and Josh Kuttner, chairman of GW College Republicans. I posed similar questions to both of them, looking to gain a sense of their strategies with their respective members heading into Election Day and gain a sense of how they feel overall about the election, given that they're away from Washington for it. We started with Josh. All right, Josh, thanks so much for joining me. Great. Thank you for having me on, Al. Happy to join. So how is GW Republicans prepared for this election, both in the long term and in the last few weeks as we close in on Election Day? Yes. So uh, obviously the election is not playing out as we may have expected when our new board, including myself as chairman, was elected back in April. Um, Back then, we were hoping to go on some swing state deployments uh, overnight to various states and, uh, you know, door knocking campaigns, all of that. And that kind of flew out the window. So our biggest way that we've been uh, helping out campaigns has been um, primarily having campaigns reach out to us, connecting them with uh, members of GW College Republicans who are interested in working on a race. In some cases, this involves um, working on a race in their hometown. So I know we have uh, one or two members working for uh, Lee Zeldin's campaign out in uh, New York's first congressional district. And then we also have a number of uh, students all across the country doing remote internships with various campaigns, including uh, Young Kim, a uh, candidate out in California's 39th congressional district, who would be the first Korean-American woman elected to Congress if she were victorious. So I think that that's kind of been our method. It's, it's a shift from what we normally do in that um, it's very decentralized, but it, we found that it's a lot more helpful for campaigns to have, um, you know, one, two, or more um, active GW students. Obviously, we're prone to be very politically active and engaged, so that's way more helpful to them to have dedicated volunteers than to have one-off uh, phone banks. That being said, we have done a number of phone banks this week um, for Young Kim, for Senator Susan Collins up in Maine facing a tough re-election fight, and uh, John James, a great uh, young Senate candidate out in Michigan. So you'd say the org is focused more so on some of the down-ballot races more so than the presidency, or do you think both have been uh, involved? I would say that's somewhat accurate. Um, obviously, as uh, GW College Republicans, we're part of the CRNC, which is part of the RNC. So we're tied to the Republican national apparatus. Uh, as a result, we support all Republican uh, uh, you know, candidates up and down the ballot. That includes the president. So we've done training sessions uh, through the RNC, um, through their leadership institute, and some of our members have chosen to get engaged with the Trump campaign that way. Um, but yeah, some some members aren't like that way. When we have polled our members, um, it's about two thirds of our membership plans on voting for President Trump. 
Um, this was back in September. So a number were still undecided at that point. A solid 15% were for Vice President Biden. So we're a big tent over here. We have people voting any which way. And our main job is to facilitate any and all Republican opportunities for our members so that they can reap the full benefits of being part of our organization. And have you received any feedback from members in terms of you know, whether this decentralized method that you talked about might actually be more effective than what was originally planned and what CRS has done you know, pre-pandemic? I think that people would uh, have really loved um, you know, campaign deployments to other states. There were a couple opportunities um, that did arise where people are adver- campaigns are advertising that looking for young volunteers, but we're kind of playing it safe. Uh, we don't want to be facilitating that that sort of thing uh, at the moment. Um, so I think those opportunities people probably wish we had, and in a different year will love to engage in more of that um, travel. But for right now, given the circumstances, I think that uh, the members I've spoken to have been very happy with the the campaigns that they've been working on because it's it's much more fulfilling. You get something on your resume, first of all, just from a you know college student standpoint, but you get um, you know really invested in a race. It's a lot more meaningful experience um, than coming out to a phone bank uh, one, one night or, or every other night. And I want to shift to political discourse and you know, obviously we're living through contentious political times right now. And do you think, I want to ask if, you know, do you think Republicans has a responsibility to promote civil political discourse at GW just as other GW political-based orgs do? And if you do, you know, do you think Republicans, how do you think Republicans has worked to advance that goal? Yeah, absolutely, uh, 100%. Um, that is a huge responsibility at GW, especially where we're the future political leaders of the nation. It's on us to build, uh, you know, the uh, kind of political system we really strive to have with open and free discourse, less polarization, uh, unlike what we've been seeing recently. And at GW, um, we've seen that in a number of ways. So in-house, what we've worked to do in the past year is we have had policy forums as an organization on issues that aren't often talked about within the Republican Party. So Back in January, we hosted a log cabin forum focused on LGBTQ plus issues. And that we had a number of students outside of our organization came to that and we had great dialogue. In February, we had a similar event on the issue of climate change. Um, So we've done a lot of of that in-house to try to work on um, being able to engage more fully on issues that maybe the National Party hasn't hit on properly yet. And then a huge part of this comes with discourse on campus, reaching out to other organizations, both large and small, who are able to facilitate events. So we've done um, debates and podcasts through groups like uh, No Labels and Free the Facts, which are nonpartisan groups that have helped on campus to kind of bridge that gap. And even just working with college Democrats, you know, every year we do a 9-11 memorial event that was done on Zoom this year, and that's fantastic. And specifically with discourse We've had um, two mock presidential debates, um, the most recent of which was on October 29th. And after that debate, um, GW College Democrats was having like a post-debate discussion via Zoom. And Louis Kahn, their president, to his credit, sent me the link and he said, hey, we want you guys to join. We want to talk more about, um, you know, all these issues. So we were on there for over an hour uh, on Zoom and we actually had very civil, um, very productive, actually, discussions on things like 
education reform and uh, unions, police reform, um, you know, criminal justice as a whole. So really substantive conversations that give me hope. Um, so that's a very long answer to a very important question that, uh, yes, we all have a responsibility to uh, improve the state of political discourse. And I'm glad that uh, GW College Republicans is doing our part. And back to being away from campus, you know, this is far from the ideal situation for a GW student during presidential election year. How do you personally feel about being away from campus for such a historic moment? And have you been able to, you know, gauge how other members of Republicans are feeling as well? It's so tough, Alec. It's so tough for people like myself, uh, political science nerds and election junkies who in large part choose to come to D.C., to be in the middle of everything, in the thick of it during election seasons, to run to the White House when the election is decided, to attend the inauguration and the inaugural ball. Uh, it just sucks. But uh, to, to be quite frank, however, um, obviously we recognize the gravity of the situation, the moment we're in right now. It just wasn't quite feasible and the school's playing it safe and I think it's smart. Um, and to be honest, if we were in D.C., I don't think that it would have been quite the same anyway. I think that the inauguration, uh, who knows what that's going to look like in January, I think it may depend on which candidate wins. Um, and election night, I don't, I don't know even how many events would have been held, you know. So uh, it's tough, but a lot of it is beyond our control. So, uh, you know, we can spend our time being upset about it or we can, uh, you know, just take what we have uh, and, you know, be grateful for it. And speaking of the outcome of the election, you know, is Republicans planning any actions, whether it be protests or anything else, depending on what happens? The action we're planning is to accept the results of the election and to, um, you know, whoever wins, um, to congratulate them, to wish them the best of luck, because we need the president to succeed in order for the nation to succeed, be it um, President Trump for a second term or Vice President Biden. Uh, coming in. You know, we're we're in the middle of a pandemic and we need strong leadership to get us through it. And so regardless of who wins, our organization at least will be working to um, focus on advancing the policy objectives that we support. And um, that's that's what I anticipate from our side. Josh, thanks so much. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me, Al. From there, we'll go straight into my interview with GW College Democrats President Louis Kahn. All right, Louis, thanks so much for being here. Happy to be here, Alec. So first, how is GW Democrats prepared for this election, both over the long term and in the last few weeks? So we have been doing so much prep work for this election, dating back to primary season when we held a mock caucus. This was about a month or two before everything went online. And we saw a lot of excitement and engagement from our membership amongst um, Bernie Sanders supporters, Elizabeth Warren supporters, Pete Buttigieg supporters, Joe Biden supporters. And... At the end, we realized that we all have to come together and fight the bigger enemy, the evil, and really I'll use that term evil, that is currently occupying the Oval Office, and that's Donald Trump. We have seen the Democratic Party nationally coalesce behind Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and I've been very happy to see that amongst our membership as well. They realize that whatever disagreements we have with Biden in the short term it pales in a comparison to those that we have with Donald Trump, and we need to make sure that we elect Joe Biden president on Tuesday. With that said, we've been doing um, recently, like in the last six or seven weeks, we've been doing four or five phone banks each week, not just for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but for down ballot Democrats and making sure that we not just send Joe Biden to the White House, but also make sure that we hold the House majority 
expand it, and then also flip the Senate, because that's how we actually get progress done. Because if there's one thing that we've seen throughout the Obama years, and even under Trump, that the Republicans have no interest in serving the American people, it's just politics to them, it's all a game, and we need to elect people who will actually get the job done. And how has Dem specifically worked to get out the vote as well? We've made a, uh, a spreadsheet. For, so for members who live in all 50 states, it's pretty unique about GW that we have people from all over the country. They could go to gwdems.org slash vote, and they could see voting info for their specific state. They could look at um, in-person voting, when the, uh, when the deadline is to request an absentee ballot, um, how long polls are open on election day, and any other rules or regulations that they have, including allowed to take a ballot selfie or not, I would definitely do that before you take one, even though it's obviously good for the clout. Um, there's a, different states have different rules, and we want to make it very clear to people that this is what you need to do to cast your ballot. It's very important that you vote, and you really do need to vote. Now, I want to ask a question that I also posed to Josh, which is the fact that we're living through contentious political times right now, and I want to ask whether you think that GW Dems has a responsibility to promote a kind of civil discourse at GW, like another GW-based political org, such as Republicans have as well. And if you believe that, how do you think Dems has worked to advance that goal heading into the election day? Yeah, absolutely. So it's we live in increasingly polarized times, and I think that a lot of that is due to the rhetoric coming out from the White House and this administration. However, one thing that I greatly admire about Josh and college Republicans is that, is that they're willing to have discussions about the issues. And just last night, we had our second mock presidential debate. It was, it was heated at times, but it was a very spirited, policy-based discussion about how we could move this country forward and what's best for America. And I really think that that's what we need more of, because all that we're seeing now on the national scale is just name-calling and no real solutions to the problems that we face. Obviously, that's coming more from the Republicans, and yes, I'm biased, but that's also true. Um, however, we need to come together, talk with one another, and come up with solutions to solve these problems. One thing that uh, was pretty cool last night after we had our debate is that we had some of our first-year members who really wanted to still engage with the college Republican debaters. They had some questions about things that they said. So one of the nice things about this virtual format is that I made a Zoom link, I sent it to Josh, he invited his members to hop on, and we had a debate after the debate. It lasted about an hour afterwards. And I think that that is a very unique thing. And I'm glad that people were passionate enough about the issues to take the time and speak to one another about our differences and work them out. Now, you mentioned earlier about the spread of GW students across the country. Now, I say this is far from an ideal situation for the GW student to be away from D.C. during a presidential election. How do you personally feel about being away from campus for, for this moment? And have you been able to gauge from other members of Dems in terms of how they feel as well? Yeah, look, obviously, for me, one of the things that actually drew me to GW was that I would be in D.C. That was obviously a very attractive quality to me, as is for many people that I know. However, I feel like not being in D.C. for the election and just seeing some of the things that are being said now by the president and the potential uh, chaos, quite frankly, that could ensue. I kind of find it a blessing that I'm not going to be in D.C. because as much as I'd want to celebrate in front of the White House, this president has also tear gas protesters in front of the White House 
for not doing anything than just ex- other than exercising their First Amendment right. And quite frankly, I think that Washington, D.C. could be a very scary place in the days after the election. With that said, um, there's going to be some people who are in D.C. They're in D.C. for the semester and they're kind of anxious about the outcome. They're there. They're there to protest if anything goes wrong. But then there's others of us, uh, like myself, I'm going to be driving from Los Angeles to Phoenix to help uh, Mark Kelly um, win the Senate race there and Joe Biden win Arizona. And I know a lot of other members are going to be taking action um, in states across the country, especially Pennsylvania, like our campaign's director, shout out to Andrew. Um, he lives in the Pittsburgh area. He's going to be helping get out the vote there. It's a, obviously a pivotal state. So while we're not in D.C., we're actually trying to make the most of it, organize within our own communities, socially distant, of course, and really doing all we can to uh, elect Biden. Lastly, I want to ask you, you know, how do you feel heading into this election overall? And as you just said, you know, what do you think are the stakes heading into this for the country? You know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Obviously, 2016 was, you know, a shock to many Democrats and many people thought that Hillary was going to win until up until the point that Trump was announced the winner. However, I think that 2020 is different. The American people have seen the president's failures on really all fronts botched handling of the COVID-19 response, how just today Donald Trump Jr. said that it was um, virtually nobody, it's barely anybody who's dying while, while there's a thousand Americans who are dying every day. I think that these kinds of messages are going to be breaking through. The administration can concoct this false reality, but when it comes to you losing a loved one because of this virus that the president's largely downplayed and ignored, it really does hit home. And this is one thing that I think has broken through the right wing media sphere. And I think that most Americans are going to realize that this country is not in a good place right now and we need a correct course. So while I would love to come on here and be confident about Joe Biden victory, I think that all Democrats have learned our lesson from uh, 2016. We need to work hard and do everything we can to ensure victory on Tuesday. And I am confident that Joe Biden has the right message to pull it out. Louis, thanks so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. So while Election Day will be a university holiday, and we obviously have a swath of students across the country, as mentioned, we also wanted to give a quick note to those living in D.C. So officials sent out an email on October 23rd warning of potential disturbance to D.C. on Election Day. The email specifically warned to plan for increased pedestrian and vehicular traffic and to take caution of things like locking doors behind you and not allowing strangers into GW buildings. Officials also instructed students on October 30th to stock up on at least a week's worth of supplies like food post-election day as if preparing for a hurricane that would prevent people from leaving for several days. To the GW community, remember to stay safe, and if you're listening to this on or before election day, make sure to go vote. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Gwen Wheeler.